how hard did you push it till I black out? Yes. Numerous times. Yes. What's happening, Media Spals? This is your boy, Big C, and Ashton is in the building as well, well, in his building in San Francisco. But we are talking a fun topic. Um, you know, I, I kind of dreamed this up, and that kind of leads into the topic that we're going to be talking about, and that is Dream Golf Course. You know, I think it's kind of cool because the amount of different courses me and Ashton have experienced together and you know in our own separate golf lives I think we've gotten a a well-rounded um you know feel of different types of topography and landscape and style of architecture and I think it'd be a really cool discussion for us to kind of dive into what and how we would build a golf course that would be our all-time dream golf course if we had no budget and could pick any parcel of land to make it in. So, yeah, really excited for this topic. Um, but let's first check in with the boy, Ashton. How you doing, sir? Hello, Big. Um, I'm good. Uh, big weekend over here. Um, I guess I can say this. This is kind of fun to say. Uh was and I went ring shopping on uh, on Friday, so that was a, a big step for for our relationship. It was uh, a very kind of cool cool day, and then we kind of replicated our first date. So Friday was uh, fun, but um, a lot of emotions, you know. So like uh, kind of a like the, the heart rate was kind of high on Friday. Um, Saturday I went to Outside Lands. That was my uh, gift for my birthday from Liz. So that was a blast. Um, shout out to a fucking music festival that ends at ten o'clock. Like I'm only thirty one. It is incredible. Like we like went to a friend's house afterwards, had a couple white claws and kind of mellowed down. Wait till the Ubers weren't like three hundred dollars. Uh, got home at midnight. Wonderful, great experience. Um, and uh, today played uh, golf with producer Jack uh, at Metro, which was uh, delightful as always. Only tough scene was it was a five hour and ten minute round, which was um, you know Metro has a sign that says be prepared to play in four hours and twenty minutes and. Just to say, you know, really wish courses would um, have a marshal. I just don't understand. Like, the two, two groups ahead of us was the problem. You could see it a mile away. They were on greens forever. And if someone was coming around just getting in their ass, it would have been much better. Um, but before we kind of get into the pod, I would like to shout out our friends at uh, Union Green. Uh, I don't want this hat in all the time because this hat makes my head look weird. Uh, not a Union Green problem. That's a me problem. Um, Every but obviously we're going to, uh, makes him look weird. That's why he wears visors. Yes. That's why we're visors. Um, but we're talking about our courses and, you know, we're gonna talk about style. Who knows? It might even be private. I'm just saying like if unlimited budget, but for the purpose of this discussion, you know, we are at our core municipal golfers, uh, really want to shout out union green for all their support of us. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to use our promo code, municipal 20, get yourself a hat that'll look better on you than it looks on me. Uh, T-Bird golf balls, um, just a bunch of stuff on there. So check it out, uniongreen.com. Uh, the other thing, too, is we kind of head into the fall. We're going to continue doing uh, course write-ups, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of one to two a month. Um, so you're going to kind of continue to see that. Um, Chris, anything to add? Because there's some stuff I want to talk about as well, but I do not want to talk for the next, like, ten minutes. So 
anything you'd like to add or kind of uh, to thank Union Green as well? Yeah, what I would do is check out the poor caddies as well. I think it's one of the cooler, unique oh, items. Two. Poor Caddy 2, new up, yeah. updated and innovated um, item that was already really cool um, in the first generation. But it's a really cool, you know, thing to keep keep on you um, for the birdie juice to be able to, you know, take take a shot with the boys on on the course when when the birds are are twerk tweeting. <laughs> I know that was I don't know where you I was going. Bird, that. So the Ooh. birds are twerking. Yeah, twerking, twerking. That's what's woof. I don't know where my mind was going, but poor caddy is dope. Has shot glasses in the bottom. Um, you get uh, any liquid or thing that you'd like to fill in the inside of it. Top pops up. Pour your drink out of choice. It's a really cool little system. Um, and then they've got all your accessories. You know, golf balls are their main gig with the T birds and pin drops and. To be honest, they're made by one of the best manufacturers out there. They're a fantastic ball. Definitely check them out. Amen. And I'll flip this around a little bit because this might make – I know it's douchier, but maybe potentially uh, a little bit better. Not so it's like a yarmulke. Um, but, yeah, no, a couple of quick things I wanted to, to shout out. So I've thought about this a little bit. Obviously, we had a, a wonderful discussion with Matt at Loop Golf. Go give that a listen. I think what they're doing at Loop is huge. The only thing that I felt I've been thinking about, Chris, that I should have said earlier is I uh, I think overall we have a really supportive group of people uh, who listen to our podcast, which we like. The only thing that seems to have pissed a lot of people off that I'm just going to le- keep leaning into is Sharp Park sucks um, until we fix it. Sharp Park sucks. Sharp I just want to say, Matt, I, I know like if we can fix it, save it, sure, but Sharp Park as it currently is sucks. And I just want to say that Matt on the podcast said that if we fix Sharp Park, it would be like Pasa Tiempo. And after I listened back to the podcast, I really wish that I had jumped in and we could have had a discussion about that. So I just want to say I want to apologize to our listeners because I am here to sometimes have hot takes. I am here to say things people don't want to say. But I don't think it's a controversial opinion to say that Sharp Park has never and will never beat Pasa Tiempo which is my favorite golf course in the world, one of the best golf courses in the world. I want to apologize. Uh, I should have called Matt out. Again, Matt, if you're listening, you're the man. We can talk about it over beers, but you know, let's save Sharp Park. But also, it's not going to be the crown jewel or one of the crown jewels um, of you know, Alistair McKenzie's thing. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. It's been bothering me, and I just had to say something about it. You know, you know what? So the one thing is Sharp Park's landscape you're never going to replicate or be able to beat Pastiempo one because you're not going to be able to get that landscape. No. You're just not going to no. get that land. You know, one thing the I would say is they could make it work. closer to Pacific Grove. Yeah, that's true. They could make you can't it replicate like, the sand dunes though. It doesn't have the same sand dunes. The only thing they would be able to do is they would literally have to raise the golf course. Yeah. Like landfill it in and raise the course so that you actually had ocean views from from yeah, the. They're not gonna, yeah. They're not Don't gonna do about it. the frogs. There was all that shit. Yeah, yeah it, it's just there's too many hangups. It's been going on for close to fifteen years at this point. 
and they've been battling. They've raised millions of dollars to make this happen. Like, the funds are there. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, well, allegedly. But, I mean, it's <laughs> been in writing. It's been on multiple pods. The, guy that's ha- the guys that have raised the money have talked about it and said the money is there, you know. And allegedly. I'm going to take their word for it because, I mean, if you're going to vouch for it that many times, I'm sure it is. Um, yeah. But it's like it's still city-owned, and the city yeah. of San Francisco still has to let somebody be able to do anything to it. Although the city of San Francisco is doing a great job on the par three course, again allegedly, like that looks like it's going to be coming out. So um, no, but to be clear, Chris, I love you chiming in. This wasn't actually meant to be. Like I don't want to relitigate Shar Park. I am just apologizing to our fans. Oh, not fans. Our friends, our listeners. Um, I should have said something. And again, Matt, you're the man. Let's hang out. Love Luke Golf. Sharp Park has never been, will never be, or hold candle to Pasatempo. That's number one. Um, number two, uh, one of the friends of our pod, uh, Nick Williams, texted me. I was talking with Hussey about uh, a hole at which you could not see uh, on our podcast, and he correctly, I, I misspoke. I was talking about number 16 at Old Mac. I said trails. My apologies, Nick. Thank you for catching that. Um, and the third thing, uh, and because he's probably already canceled, you know, turned the pod off because Marcus is a big Sharp Park fan. Uh, friend of the pod, he's come on before. Hopefully, Chris, you're going to get him on soon to talk about his Oregon trip. Marcus Chang, uh, always appreciate, you know, Marcus is one of our great friends and someone who gives kind of constructive feedback in a way that I really appreciate. He asked me to, or he, one thing he said he would have liked to hear more about on the Pebble pod is we got so focused on, pebble that i think we kind of didn't do the best job at talking a little bit about the women and kind of the game so i think the two things i wanted to kind of quickly share is um it was really amazing to watch uh women play pebble beach because what i didn't have an appreciation for we talked about kind of the grandeur of the place but uh it very much strikes me that pebble is a place that definitely requires uh a lot of precision i mean i know that like with the men's game you can kind of play the bomb and gouge game, but to watch the women um, do an amazing job at just continually over and over and over again, hitting the shots that were required was unbelievable um, into areas where, you know, it's like, there's no way they're going to be able to do that. Um, and again, they meaning just like, that's not, that's not a shot that can be hit. And it's unbelievable to watch how precise um, and talented the women are. Um, and then as far as course fit, you know, Marcus talk, wanted me to talk a little about course fit as well. I mean, I think one of the hard parts is I think it would have been amazing. There were some things like Andy on the Friday talked about um, a little bit about mowing lines where um, essentially Andy's that we definitely saw Hussey and I saw live was the USGA chose to make holes artificially narrow by adding rough, which actually is the opposite of what they're trying to do. So I think the big thing was the biggest thing was it was incredible to watch them play it, but you definitely would have watched, would have preferred if the USJ would have actually gone for more width um, because it would have allowed uh, certain advantages. Like we talked about number seven, eight, nine, seven, eight. Uh, yeah. Number nine, you know, it was 445 yards. We're standing behind the tee. We had not yet gone, like seen the hole. And it looked like one of those, especially with where some of the women were five almost, right? Um, but that hole was actually much wider than it looked. And Hussey talked about this. Yuka Sasso 
you know, basically hit the speed slot and she had flip wedge in. I mean, from 440 yards, Yuka Sasso hits it a long way. But Yuka Sasso from a 440-yard par four being able to have a flip wedge in because the hole gave her the necessary width um, to actually have an advantage by shipping it and having it go all the way down on the right side was a tremendous advantage. So, again, this is not the kind of relitigate this, but I did just want to say, Marcus, thank you for kind of uh, like kind of calling that out. And again, I think it was um, really kind of uh, very much appreciated the women's game going into this. I've kind of said outside of outside of men's majors, I think I, I like watching women's golf more because I find it much more relatable, relatable in the distance they're hitting it, not relatable in the sense of uh, the dispersion and kind of how they can hit it. Uh, but it was pretty crazy, like watching it sitting at 17, like Hussie and I mentioned, and a couple people hit it in the bunker, but in general, the women are hitting it into like very, very, very narrow windows. And it's a lot of like, you know, they might have a preferred side of the green, which to us at 17 at Pebble, we're just like, I'm hoping to hit it on the green. And to watch how, you know, for them hitting it on the wrong side of the green was a huge miss was pretty unbelievable. And sitting there for an hour getting that sample size. So those are the couple of things that I wanted to talk about uh, quickly. Um, you know, again, shout out Matt, uh, <laughs> uh, shout out Nick. And then again, appreciate Marcus kind of sharing some feedback. So those are a couple of things I wanted to kind of empty the notebook before we talked, Chris. But I guess one thing we can quickly talk about before we kind of get into the draft, or if you want to call it. Um, I saw you and you fit me into a new driver. That was exciting. Uh, you've done a lot. I mean, my whole bag is you at this point. But, um, you know, we actually kind of put two and two together. That you haven't kind of done a full driver fitting for me for like a shaft and everything. And uh, I'm really excited. I mean, it was uh, it's kind of what I thought going in, but it was really cool to kind of see the numbers validated by, um, you know, kind of what we assumed going into that conversation. It was really fun. Yeah, I mean, we tried all the combos. I mean, we tried pretty much every every head setup that was available to us and came away with with TaylorMade Stealth 2 for you, um, Stealth 2 Plus, and, you know, the trusty old Ventus shaft. You know, it's just been... It's, I mean, the shaft alone has probably been the best-fitting shaft since I've been in the industry. I mean, it fits so many people and that's why you see it in so many people's bags and especially on tour. But for what you were looking for and, and the shot shape you were looking for, stealth just worked for us. You know, the adjustabilities that you were looking for to keep that face more open without having to actually hold the face open and, and, and keep it off is it's just, how TaylorMade makes their drivers. And, you know, we found good numbers with multiple drivers. You know, Titleist was also a very good contender, but, you know, you have to go with what the numbers say. And so when I could tell anybody to get a fit, it's like, just just go with what works best. And if the numbers are showing and, you know, it's your shot shape and what you're looking for, pull the trigger on it. Because brand loyalty, these guys don't fucking pay you. None of none of these manufacturers are paying you to sell their product or to buy their product or to use their product. So just go with what best works for you because there's no reason that you need to have an all bag, you know, just because Colin or call is your favorite player. You don't need to have tailor meet everything. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I mean, I think to your point, like you fit me in that stealth three wood. That's such a weapon. And that thing for me just, uh, wants to go to the right in a way that I like. Cause again, I've never had a three wood. 
you know, before you and my lessons with Kevin Polly have not been able to hit a draw and that thing just, you know, it's a, it's a tight draw and the, the, the face on that thing is, you know, white hot, like both three woods are, but really getting a driver, you know, some of y'all have probably seen the content that we posted about my driver and how it can go to the right and can go right pretty fast. Um, so to build kind of an anti right driver for me that just, it's going to cut. I think we've done is We've taken a 10 and a half degree head. We're going to open it four degrees, have it, have it at eight and a half. So the face is just going to sit wide open and have it where that thing can only go to the left because if I need it to go to the right, I'm going to hit a different club. Like it's just that it's also just like good fitting, right? It's like this club does this, that club does that. I wish I was good enough for practice enough that I could do everything with every club. I'm not, I don't, I play golf hopefully once a week. Um, and that's what I got. So just wanted to shout out you, Chris, because I know you're good at what you do. I mean, you know, since, I mean, the lessons have helped a bunch, but you know, my bag is 100% you, um, and you Jack shout out to you for helping me with my, my hybrid fit as well, but you know, just a lot better when you get fit. So it's a, a free ad for club champion, but I cannot wait to, to see that thing. But Chris, take us to, uh, take us to the dream golf course, man. I appreciate you letting me empty out the clip. Um, notebook not clip this is uh make love make, play, play golf not war but yeah i've got a few ideas of things that i want to share you know about i i think we had a little different interpretation of kind of dream golf course but i like your structure so kick us off I'm, I'm excited to talk about it yeah you know i i just think i think our insight is kind of would be kind of cool on how or what we want to do you know if we had the chance to be able to design our golf course so like I broke it down into categories. So, you know, these are these are important things I think that would make kind of our style of golf course very unique. And so the first thing I would ask you, Ashton, is what is the parcel of land or style of landscape that you would choose for your actual golf course? And so this is kind of like this is kind of like SimCity when you're trying to pick your your landscape to build your city in? Uh, I mean, I, I will, I'll go into all of this to say that it's really hard to not, I feel like go with the, like golf is having a very specific moment right now. It feels, and it's a movement that I'm very supportive of. Um, and so as I've thought through this, I'm not bashful about it, but I think that like a lot of my answers are going to be, very much kind of with the with the consensus we'll say because as you've heard over the last couple the last pod and a pod we'll have in the future um you know i'm not going to tell you robert trent jones target golf you know hit it here hit it here that's not what i'm about so um i would definitely say um links golf or, or link style golf you know the the humps and bumps um you know from a drainage perspective you don't know, think a little bit i'm no agronomist but I know enough to know that, you know, sandy soil uh, drains really well. So I, I think to me, um, that would certainly be, that's certainly be what I would choose. So would you go the route of like, you know, where Tom Doak and stuff are building them inland in places like open prairie areas like, like Nebraska, or would you go more towards a site like Bandon or most of the courses that you're going to find in Scotland, Ireland, more coastal? Uh, I think my ideal would be somewhere in between. I mean, I think I, I think that again, this would the idea since this is dream. You're thinking this would actually be done well. 
Um, I think that I would have a course that would have about half the holes on water. I think that's awesome. But I think holes that go specifically like away from the water, like into the, like, like, I mean, I don't like a golf course with a lot of trees. I mean, we had that discussion with Garrett Morrison. Um, but I do think like in the vibe of, I mean, you bend and trails, like I, that sort of trees, like I, I enjoy, um, but like for Bandon Trails, I mean, obviously it's one of my favorite, probably top five courses I've ever played. Like, could Bandon Trails be better if it had a few holes on the water? Like, a hundred percent, right? Um, but I think sometimes, like, I don't think you're going to, like, necessarily, like, overdose on the coast. But, like, at Pack Dunes, you know, most of the time you're just like, holy shit, like, it's just the ocean, right? It's kind of hard sometimes to... Or I know I've heard this, like Tron talk about this at Whistling Straits or some of these, or like Ocean Course, where like you almost like lose depth perception. Like you're, you're like, you have nothing to point at, right? You're like kind of out on the water to the point where like you have no, like you can't exactly like almost pinpoint where you are. So I think to me, it would be like definitely some holes on the water, but I think like making it where we could like really, really nail the inland holes, right? Because that's always a thing, right? Oh, the inland holes kind of stink. Like if we could build a course where there's like those dramatic reveals, like one at Cheap Ranch, right? It was like holy cow, like from the forest down to the water. But then when you go inland, you're not like super bummed or great golf holes. Like the volcano hole at Sheep, right? That is nothing to do. Like that hole has nothing to do with the water. It's just a great golf hole. That's what I would want to do, or there's both. Alright. I like that answer. I like that answer. I mean it's I wouldn't say similar to kind of the route I would go. So, I mean, mine's kind of, you know, very idealistic. This would be almost an impossible yeah. site to be able Terahata. to actually, like, create. So, it would be like a meadow that runs along the ocean, you know. But my thing would be I would like it to be more towards the beach not on cliffs like a lot of the band dunes courses are but i would actually like the meadow to kind of like flow down into a beach and but my first thing is i want it to be butted up against kind of like a forest of trees because my first tee shot and where my clubhouse is i want my clubhouse to be up on top of a hill kind of perched over and looking into the meadow, into the ocean. And my first tee would be just a opening out into the tr out of the trees, straight into the meadow. And I want no trees anywhere in this meadow. I want it to be, other than the trees that you're hitting through off of the first tee shot, I legitimately want zero trees on my golf course. So I want it open landscape, right at sea level, you know, just wide open, sandy dunescape. That would be my ideal landscape. Okay, I have a question. And this is not meant to like, like, I'm not trying to be like Dr. Semantics. Like, what is a meadow? Like, when I picture a meadow, I think of like, I, th I picture like, like, I know they've talked about a meadow at, like, the middle part of, ban like, like, Bandon Trails, right? It's, like, the forest, the meadow, the, the, the meadow on, like, is 1 like, and 18. But what is the meadow? Meadow is, like, an opening of just, like, natural fescue 
outside of a large grouping of trees. So, like, okay. it, if you're, so I was you're coming it have out of the forest with wildflowers and natural fescue, that's what a okay. meadow is. Yeah. Now, we so gotta it's get just you, I mean, all grass. There, there's, there's been a bunch of houses now, but we got to get you to Cuscoola. It's private now, I know, but... There's a lot of fest. There's a lot of trees and meadows, and like it's a lake, but that's kind of what Cuscoola was or is. Yeah. But, you know. So I just want a wide open meadow coming out of this forest. Like I just think. Okay. I mean, elevated sixty to seventy feet above the fairway, par five, straight out of the trees, downhill into a fairway, and then it's just wide open for all the other holes. Okay, love it. What's the next uh, pillar? So you kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but it would be the the course style. So, like, we've played a bunch of different styles. You know, you've got Karika, which is an Australian sound belt course. You've got a lot of the Band and Dunes courses that give you multiple varieties of what link-style golf can be. Um, yeah. You know, all these different styles of courses. Like, what would be your ideal style or a hybrid of styles? Um, hmm. I, I, I still think the answer is, like, I, I still think it's, like, links or, like, link style. Yeah, I mean, like, width, options. Um, again, I know that's what's in vogue, but, I mean, at least I've I played a lot of golf courses, and I, I just think that's the most fun. Um, again, like that's where I've, I, I'm on record as saying like, I, it's not the best I know, but the course I'm honestly, like, if you were to ask me right now, what is the course I'm most excited to play? Uh, Mammoth Dunes. I just like, I love the idea of they've kind of overcooked the dunes, but to the point where it's supposed to be fun, right? It's like balls are going, are funneling to the hole, right? Like you can take it super deep, right? The idea of like us having a match at Mammoth Dunes and it's like, we're probably both going to play like really well. And it's like, yo, let's go fuck and make some birdies. Like, hell yeah. Like, I don't want that for this course because, you know, call me captain douchebag. Like, you know, I don't need it to be pine Valley, but like, I definitely want this to be like a proper test of golf. I'm like, I'm not, again, I don't know this. It doesn't sound like mammoth dunes is maybe necessarily a prop. Like, it's not like, it's a big, it's a bit of goofy golf by design. Um, but I think just like the, you know, all the tropes ball on the ground, you know, like, I think that's really fun. So, that. I love that. You know, in, in mine, mine kind of would be, so, kind of the, the style I would kind of go about it, it would be kind of, I would have link style, open Australian sand belt style golf course. So, again, really, you know, natural fescue patches all over the place, but fairly just wide open fairways. There's there's not a lot of rough all over the place. You might have some some fescue to catch balls as kind of a natural hazard, but just completely wide open. Almost like you can't distinctively tell where a hole starts and stops. Just a wide open space with tee boxes and greens with a lot of undulation throughout it. But the way I would want my greens to be styled, and this is where it would kind of be a weird twist I don't think anybody's ever done, I would, you know, 
I would have a certain, you know, more modern architect design my fairways and my tee boxes and where it goes. But the greens, I would like to be styled like golden age architecture. So if like I could take three architects like, you know, Alistair McKenzie, Donald Ross in Tillinghouse and just like wrap them up and have a mixture of square greens, a mixture of oblong shaped with severe undulation, like some Alistair McKenzie style greens, and then mix in some of those Donald Ross style burets and, and volcanoes and things like that. And I, all of those mixed in as my greens with an open Australian belts, you know, style, you know, link style, I think would be the way I would go. Well, I, I think that'd be super cool, especially because if you think about it, the link style from T to green, like, is meant to be, like, forgiving, right? Like, the idea is, like, you can kind of hit it. There's better options, but you're not going to be, like, super penalized off the T. But if you have some of these, like, greens, like, you know, there's, there's like, holes, like, like, I love it, but, like... Like a sixteen at like Positam, but like, is that really like a fair green? Like, probably not, right? But like, that hole is actually hard, right? Because in my mind, like that, even though it works with my shot shape, it's like if I hit a hybrid but pull it, it's going to go OB into the house, right? If you go let, like, that's where it's hard. But like, if the if it's just like open, then it's like, yo, man, like you need to fucking hit this second shot. But like, you've had like that first shot is much more forgiving. That's cool. That that's better than the hole is designed. Now. But- could you also imagine if you brought that green and brought it to level with the fairway and it wasn't elevated, didn't have these yeah. giant well, roll-offs. You could even putt it, right? You could, like, you, if it came down, you could putt it, which you can't really do now. Yeah, and where you wouldn't have that false front, you wouldn't have those things where it would be more, you'd have a little hump to kind of come up into it, but, like, it would be just a run-up. There wouldn't be any rough in front and there wouldn't be, you know, bunkers and it wouldn't be elevated. It would just be a multi-tier green level to the fairway. I think that would just be super intriguing that I don't think I've really seen yet where it's, you know, really taking like, I seriously want to pluck, you know, template greens from all of these golden age architects and then like, plop it down in a wide open yeah. kind of space. I think it would be really yeah. interesting to, to kind of play. Yeah. I mean, I think the hard part for me is like, I know one of your questions is going to be architects. I mean, the more golf that I play, the more I realize that like, I'm about as close to a core Crenshaw devotee as it gets. Like I just, I mean, it, it, it's like the core, it's like looking back, again, I'm not going to relitigate this, but like, Growing up on Cuscoilla, what I felt at Man and Trails. It's actually a shame. We, we just canceled. In a couple weeks, we were supposed to go to Maui. We canceled it because of the, the fires. Um, and we just felt it was irresponsible to take resources right now. And, you know, again, hopefully people have seen this. Like, Maui currently, uh, 89 people dead and counting. And the largest wildfire in the history. of the, the highest death toll of any wildfire in American history. Insane. Like, please make sure to donate 100%. and help. And if you're going... Don't go because they need the resources, not for your vacation. Uh, but I had decided I was going to play Kapalua by myself. I had a it was sick. I had a seven o'clock tea time by myself. First off, going to go play the going to go play the plantation course. Um, 
because like Hawaii is my favorite place in the world and like Crenshaw is my favorite. And I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's just do it. I'm on vacation. So the hard part for me is it's like, I'm totally with you. Like I love, I mean, I literally right here have all 18 greens at Pasta Tiempo that the fried egg did, but I've played a lot of Cork Crenshaw greens, like that are very, like very, very hard. I mean, as a kid, there's some like number five at Cusquilla, this gigantic waste bunker in the middle, little fairway, right. Fairway left, fescue all around for you, Chris. This like asshole, brutal, like teeny tiny little green hole is drivable. So the idea is like we're gonna let you drive it. Like you only need a good drive, right? You can. I think now I could probably get three wood onto that green. But like, dude, if the pin is on like a t- on, on the back right corner, you have like this much room to hit it, you know. And and so I just like I've seen Core Crenshaw do greens that are like very subtle, but then ones that are like. Like, you can hit it up there and make a 10. Like, seriously, you can drive it up by the green and make a 10. So the hard yeah, thing that, for me is, like, my whole mind is going to, like, just – I feel like I'm going to keep funneling back to, like, kind of core Crenshaw principles because that's kind no, of what that, – That's what the kind of question for what architect you would want to build yeah. your course mm-hmm. because that would mean that they would be the ones that would probably listen to your ideals and take them yeah. probably – to the place that you'd want to go. And to be honest, they would be my go-to if I was going to build the course as well. Like, yeah, I would go, it's because they've built all of the styles. They just, they haven't They're so versatile. They're very versatile. Where like Tom Doak, you play a Tom Doak, it's very Tom Doak. Like you play a David McClay kid, it's a David McClay kid. It's, yeah. you know, same with Gil Hance. Like, you play Gil, it, it's very distinctively his. And so, where I have played, I haven't gotten a chance to play as many core Crenshaw courses as I would like in my time. But, like, the couple that I have been able to experience, it's like, I can yeah, see probably. if I went to them and said, okay, I want, you know, just like you yeah. guys did out when you were talking about Tasmania, like that Australian mm-hmm. sandbelt style course that you guys are known for in Australia and Tasmania and that style of area. I want to yeah. take that. And then here's the six courses of golden age, golden age architecture. These are the style of greens I want. And if I gave them those two things, yeah. I know they would accomplish what I was looking for. Yeah, I mean the only the only challenge I'd give you there, and this is really just meant to you know to just so we're not agreeing on everything. I mean the reason I love Cor Crenshaw so much is like um, their whole thing is like finding golf holes, right? So the only thing that I'd be curious about as you had your course built is if you want sixteen. I mean your version of sixteen at Pasa, and you're building it on a like you know gentle like meadow that's flowing into the beach then they come to you and say hey chris you know it's not out there man like i'd just be curious because that would actually require them to like move dirt and like i'm more just saying i think an interesting concept of like some of the stuff you might want on the crazier end is actually pretty fundamentally against their architecture principles so like i'm not saying they wouldn't do it i'm just saying like i'd love to read the book right about if they wrote a book about building big seas you know hot dog national which is something you should definitely like patent. That'd be sick. Um, you know, <laughs> relish country club. Um, I just, I'd be curious to, to hear their take on like 
you know, they might not be able to find the severity of what you're looking for, but just be curious what they think. But I think it would be cool because I would want, I, I would want the undulations of what we get when we play those golden age architecture courses, but I don't want what they had to design to be able to have water drainage in certain things. And that's why a lot of those whole, those greens were elevated because they had to have that because the water needed to go somewhere because they didn't have the proper irrigation like we do modern. So what I would actually have to do is like, yes, if we could take the topography of it, what it is, if you look at it before it hits the actual, you know, um, rough in skirt before it goes off, take that and find greens like that at a level landscape with the fairways. I think that would, would kind of be cool. And a lot of it is too, it's like you're cutting, you're cutting the greens to a certain, you know, shape as well. Like, square greens and things with sharp edges and you know a little bit more oblong shape i think it would be interesting because a meadow or sandy site is gonna it once you mow it down it's gonna have those those dips and undulations and things that have been created by wind and sand over the years because it is an oceanfront course so it's gonna have that and that's why link style courses work so well because it's easy to find those little nuances. And then it's their their job to kind of smooth it out to make it to what what it would need to be. But yeah. I think you're right. I think it'd be really well, interesting well, the other thing too, how though, they would find them. Yeah, I mean well the other thing too is like this interest this exercise becomes a lot less interesting if it's because there's no point in having this discussion if it's I would find a cool site. And tell Core Crenshaw to do whatever they want. Like that—that's probably what I would do, honestly. But like that makes this discussion boring, right? Like I'm actually saying it would be cool to say, "Hey, look, big fan, know what you guys do." Um, you know, also too, like not to be morbid, but like they're old. They're old. Like you know, they're they're they don't have a lot of courses left. They're taking less and less work. I mean, you know, they're passing it along to kind of their proteges. It could be cool where it's like, hey, y'all have zigged your whole life and it's been amazing. Like everybody loves your zig. Before you go, why don't we zag together? It'd be super cool, right? Like have Core Crenshaw build like a, you know, to see like what Core Crenshaw's, again, you wouldn't do it everywhere, but to see like Core Crenshaw's interpretation sometimes of like maximalist architecture, fuck, that'd be sick, right? They don't do that. So that, that, I would actually think that'd be really cool. You might get more like what fourteen at Bandon Trails, right? Holes that are just divisive as fuck. And like again, I've said I don't have an opinion on fourteen at Trails. Like they built it, I gotta play it. It's an amazing match play hole. Can see why it might be tough from a stroke play, but like I'd love to see a few more of those from them. Like maybe not ones that are a little bit more fair, but it'd be cool to see what they can come up with. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I think it would just be I you I would just be you know, very stringent on making sure that the greens resembled, you know, golden age architecture. And that, and that might be a challenge for them in the landscape that I dream this yeah. up to be. And again, this is my dream. Yeah. I could do whatever the fuck I want and they're going to, they're going to hunt them down until we find them. So, you know, yeah. I'm sending them on a, on a mission out there, but 
One thing that we always preach in things that we've talked in course reviews, things that are very important to us, is practice facility. So, you know, for me, I think a practice facility is a very important thing for a golf course because, you know, not only is it a place for people coming out to warm up and things like that, but I feel like the practice facility is is probably the most community-based thing that you can offer as a golf course to the locals and people that would be coming from far and wide to be able to experience your course. I think having a little added stuff that makes it really fun, not only just having your basics is always important as well. Um, So for practice facility, where would you go um, to make, you know, your ultimate practice facility? Um, I think I'll focus on just one thing because I think that like some of this stuff is implied, right? You want a range that's long enough to hit driver, you know, you want enough stalls, like some of that stuff. I think what, I think what, um, and it's sort of inspired by Atlanta athletic clubs, practically that I've talked about that you're going to lose your mind when you see it one day, Chris. But I think what they have that's so cool is they have, um, I think they have two greens there where they actually have areas. Uh, I forget where it starts, but I think it's maybe like 20 to 80 yards. Like every five yards, there's like a pyramid of balls. Like it's like, it's like, you know, 20 and then over here is 25 and it's like 30. And so the idea is just that you can, like if you are playing great and you kind of actually, you know, not to out you, but you were talking before you press record about how you're really struggling from like 40 to 80 yards. Right. And like, if you want to go like before you play, you're like, cool. I'm just going to go hit like, this is tapped out. I'm going to pick the back left flag 55 yards and go hit like four of these before I play. That'd be amazing. Right. Or it's like, that would be so relaxing to me of like, I find, I think what, what I'm so bummed as like, I've been playing really good golf despite the fact that I'm not practicing and shout out to Kevin for like helping me like have drills and stuff that I can do in my house. And again, I live in San Francisco the nearest practice facility is like Mariner's Point, and that's just not that. Me going to Mariner's Point and having a full practice session is like three and a half hours. It's just not very feasible for me. Um, but I would, I think that like practicing short game is like one of the most relaxing things a golfer can do. Like you throw in music, you throw in air, you throw in a podcast, totally zone out. But I think the ability to like, I'm going to go hit like 30, 55 yard shots today. Um, until like a green that's not just like mush, right? Like it actually has different areas. Like, okay, that's a tucked right flag. Let me hit 55, cutting across it with spin. Let me hit, try to bang into the hill, right? Because probably the issue you're having, how you say, Chris, is like you don't have those reps because if you have the ball, if you have 45 yards in the ball of your feet, you live in a simulator. You, you don't know what that feels like. And so I think what AAC has done a good job is trying to replicate that for people. Um, both, I think it's good for practicing, but I think that'd also just be great to, um, I would love to be able to hit a few of those shots before I play, hit a couple drivers to kind of, you know, warm the back up, hit a few putts. But I think the ability to hit those shots before you play a little bit to get a feel before you have one on number three. Um, and then also to do that for relaxation. Again, there's other things, but that's to me what I think would be really delightful. Um, and just, Range balls that get cycled out a lot. There's a whole discussion in our my local knowing up chapter about what a racket, and especially the Bay Area balls are like large bucket of balls going for like 25 bucks that are just you know no dimples, haven't been changed out in years. Like 
it honestly just means you shouldn't even, like, there's no point. That's going to be down good practice. It's like, I'm not going to spend $20 to go hit a bunch of dimpleless balls. Like, you know, you give me their app Soto. It's like, the driver numbers aren't right. Like, you're a brand new Pro V1X versus that. So, range balls that get cycled out a lot. A driving range is long enough to hit driver. And uh, a lot of places, you know, 45, 50, 65 yard shots. So, like, that would be really delightful. For me, you know, of, of course it would be grass range, no mats, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the normal check the boxes of what every golfer wants. But for me, big thing I would want would be, you know, I want one massive size putting green that would allow enough space in enough holes for 15, 20 golfers to be able to practice putting at the same time and not have to watch each other to make sure you're not hitting at the same hole and all that stuff. Because that's one thing that drives me crazy. Whenever I go to public courses, they've got these tiny circle greens that have four holes on it, and there's like four groups that are getting ready to tee off, and they're all trying to get a couple putts in, and you're just like, your group is all trying to share a hole of 10 to 15 feet. And it's just, it's just pain in the ass. And so something that's massive enough to where, you know, I could have 20 holes, you know, and it be at least, you know, 40, 45 yards long by about 30 yards, you know, wide. Like just a massive, massive green. Putting only. Just for putting. Then in the chipping area, very much kind of so the one that I'm going to use, and I know guys, we're using two private private course examples, but they unfortunately are the ones that invest in in good practice facilities because public courses don't make money on them, so they're not going to invest in good good practice facilities. So you know, unless you're Mariners Point, where you actually do have a pretty good chipping practice facility, but you also have to rent time to be able to go in the gated practice facility um so my my thing would be you know columbia edgewater uh, out here in portland has a really really incredible practice facility so it's one really long green with three flags two bunkers on each side with large lips and then a third auxiliary uh, green kind of off to the left with another bunker. And then what they have, same thing, they have balls set up in different areas. But what they have is it goes back to about 80, 90 yards, but they have multiple like leveled tiers that you can try to play off of different undulations, different heights, and where it would actually play off of. Then they've got a really cool different flat area and and different undulations below that to kind of practice on different lies from within 30 to 40 yards, which is just, you know, it really helps you dial stuff in and, and gives you a great look at it. And then I think it would just be fun to be able to put two or three tee boxes um, from 110 to 140 yards out where... You could just have fun, you know, fun little matches or games, or you could utilize it for um, time for match plays coming in off the course that are tied. You could have little tee boxes set up out there 
for a 160-yard par three to, to break the tiebreaker onto the practice screens. So I think that would be kind of cool. Um, so that would be kind of my ideal practice facility. It would also be 24 hours. Light it up, 24 hours. Anybody can come out whenever they want. If you're local, you can come out at 3 in the morning and hit chips if you want. You can. doesn't matter. 24 hours, lit, lit area. This is out in the middle of nowhere. This is my imaginary place, so I could do whatever I want. So that's that's my practice facility. So next thing I thought would be really cool would be your perfect hole. So we've played a lot of different golf holes. If you were going to design, if you were going to say, hey, architect, whoever's going to design my course, Core Crenshaw, fuck you. This is the hole you're going to design. I don't care. You're designing it exactly how I want it. What would be your hole? Ideal hole. And you could use a hole that you've played as a template. Um, I think, I mean, do I give the easy answer to me? I have the more obvious? Yeah, I'm just like, I mean, I, I think it's a, uh, a true risk reward par four, like short par four. Um, the one that stands out to me the most is five, probably at Sweetens Cove. Because what I like about that hole is you son of a bitch. It's at, you literally it's, took my, my my exact same hole that I was going to use. And, as a and the sick thing is, you haven't played Sweden's Cove except I've played it on TrackMan about five hundred times, yeah. and that's the reason I know what it looks like and kind of how it plays. <laughs> but not the real thing. Sh- shout out to all the TrackMan golfers out there. You know, but you um, you but go yeah, so, no, no, this is easy. Yeah, so number five basically, it's a hole where like. Um, you can hit six iron wedge, like it's you can do that, like seven iron wedge. Um, but the reason I actually like it is that like drivers too much club, so it's actually one of these things where like I've played there with Nick in the summertime, where like I've hit like my like two hundred and thirty yard hybrid, but the thing is it's got the replica of like the the devil's asshole bunker. So it's like, if you're gonna club down and try to be a little more aggressive, if you don't catch that thing on the screws you are absolutely boned in that bunker. Um, And like the thing I actually like is like long is like, it's forgiving in the sense that there's no penalty, but over the back, there's this like, um, there's like a shaved area that leads down to like a chipping area, which like makes the next shot almost impossible. Like if you hit it, like if you hit it long right there, a par becomes an amazing score on a hole that like you're even past hole high so but the reason i think i like that in particular is like i love a drivable par four where you have to hit driver but i think it's actually kind of sick like i guess the way to make it make it better is like if you could have one more tee box and you could move tee boxes like one day you have to just commit to hitting driver but then one day it's more of like 242 yards right where you're like is it a five wood is it a three wood do i get chippy do i just hit six iron because again to me it's all about options um, and I think that that hole is like one of my favorite holes I've ever played. And again, apparently you too. So like chime in, but like, I, I, I imagine you feel the same way, obviously. Well, my thing is just gettable par fours are probably one of the funnest holes you can you fun. Can play. It's fun. Like I think 290 to 300 is like the wheelhouse for one of the best par 
par fours that you can kind of make. It's just, and I think it's just like you said. I think you just actually, if you love that, Chris, you, number seven at Sweden is maybe a better example because seven is like Nick, like seven <laughs> got the little bit of greens on the right, a little bit of undulation, short left. Yep, yeah, and like that green, like Nick stands by that. That's like the most like ridiculous because it's like it's like a it's like it takes your north like pacific northwest turtle back and just goes like this to it because it's like truly i mean there's like not a lot of pendable spots and again because it sweetens there's two pens when you play the black pin which is the harder one it's always going to be in a spot where like you are like inches from just absolutely getting completely exposed so but that one chris you like have like if you're going to go for the green it's a driver so like, but again, that's why, again, we've like, I don't think we actually have done, eventually we'll do, probably when you play there, we'll do like the mega Sweetens episode. But the fact that you have five, that's like, you're going for the green at the hybrid or three wood part four. And then the fact that like number seven is the same thing. And then again, six in between is like a very long, challenging part four. It's just like, that's why Sweetens is the best because it's like, you get to taste all of the flavors of ice cream. Yeah, I think for me, the one thing I would want on kind of a gettable par four would be, I would want, I would want two different sides of the green. So I would want a punch bowl on one side of the green, and I would want a turtle back on one side of the green. Oh, you're because, an asshole. That would be brutal. Yeah, I would. I just think it would be fun to where one day you could play it smack dab in the middle of the in the in the bowl, and it would just everything would funnel down. You could play really fun shots where you hit it into the into the turtle back, let it just roll up and down to the left into the into the bowl. You know, maybe maybe give you some really crazy you know albatross situations, and then also the days where it's just like. We're just going to fuck every single person that comes out here. You plop the pin dead ass in the middle of the turtle back and say, good luck. Yeah. So one day Love you'll it. go out there and you'll you'll probably get a very easy eagle birdie look. And then the next day, good luck getting a double. Yeah. I love it. I just think it, it would just, yeah. And it completely changes the whole each day on how, how you play it. And fun. I think it's just a fun way to go about it. So... Huge thing how, for us. How many more pillars do you have here? We're I only got two. We're almost okay. we're running. We're running out. I got. I got to get through my like random random uh, grab bag of stuff. Yes. So next one would be practice facility. Or I'm sorry, we already went through that style of club. So big thing. I think this is really important because for us, you know, a bunch there of are frauds. particular things we love. And absolutely fucking hate about certain courses that we have played when it comes to like how they run their facilities and things like that. So, you know, what would be, you know, are you going to go Dunes Club where it's private, but you can write in and the public can play? Would you go, you know, the reserve style where you just fuck it? We got two courses. We'll swap them back and forth and it's private, semi private kind of situation or Sweeten's Cove kind of open, or just your standard clubhouse? Uh, I think Sweeten's feels like the right model, because I think 
So I think that Sweetens is the right model with the assumption that you build the golf course the right way. Because I hate to be this way. This is going to be definitely more of an elitist. Hey, I didn't say private, so it's not as elitist as I could say. But like, I guess it's also just, I just played a five hour and 10 minute round at Metro. And like, what the guy in front of us came up to like, like had to come back because he left his, his roach on the tee box and was like, yo bro, what's up? Like, like, I don't want to be that guy, but also it's like, I, I, I like that that guy got to relax on a Sunday, but like that guy's interpretation of golf compared to mine is very different. Like he doesn't care if it's Metro or Meadow club, right? He doesn't. And I think I would want people who were more serious golfers, like people who, again, have fun, right? I mean, like the example I talked to Liz about all the time was like me and Hussey, right? Me and Hussey have like, we're 0.1, like he's a 3.2, I'm a 3.3. When we go play, one we might one of us might give each other one and we wait to drink beers until after and we like, it's fun, but like we have a fucking match, right? Like we're out there grinding against each other, trying to win our dumb five five ten, right? That's who I want to come to this thing. Like, no, we're not going to like fucking like win the USAM. But, you know, we play golf because we're trying to compete and we take it a little more seriously than, um, so, but I think the Sweetens model to build the golf course the right way, that's open to the public. But like the people you meet there, it's like, it's hard to describe, but like, you just look at like people's bags and you just look like, you just watch the way people carrying themselves. And like, there are people who like golf is a big part of their identity they take their, they're having fun, but they take it seriously. Um, that's what I would want to do. And also too, like, I feel like I'd be a fraud um, to say anything different being the municipalities. But I do think it'd be pretty sick to be like, this is my course. It's kind of like the Ohupi style, right? Where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, like if you know the right person, you can come and it's going to cost you a thousand dollars a day. Like it's going to be amazing. Um, I do sort of think that like one thing I should add is like, I think the style I'd probably go for is the Ohupi style, of course. Like, I love the idea of there is no, like, par. You know, it's it's very much like this is a match play golf course. So I think that I would go for that. But I think the Sweetens model, because um, that'd be sick, right? The idea of a public track. Anybody can come. But it's like, oh, you can come, but you can't play stroke play. Like, do not fucking – if you play stroke play, you're we're going to have a list of people who have catch play stroke play, and you can't come back. Like, that's probably what I would do. Like, open to the public. Anybody's welcome. Play fucking match play. Actually, you have to have a handicap, too. Like, you have to have a valid gin. You have to have a valid gin. Um, now we're cooking. A valid gin to book the tea time, and you have to play match play. That's what I would do. And if you don't like it, go play somewhere else. There's a lot, every other golf course in the world, except for, I guess, a hoopie. You can fucking, do I make a seven or an eight? Here, we don't fucking care. Did you win the hole, Right. So that's my answer. I I'm, I'm into that. Let's let's do that. I, you know that I that's that's unique. It's different. It's it's all on its own and I and I like that. You know, I think for me it would be kind of a combination of of Gerhardt um and uh Sweetens. So like I love the all day pass situation. I in no tea times. I really think that's one of the coolest, you know, things you could absolutely do. Uh, but my my big thing would be, I also want it to be a more relaxing and fun environment. So for me, I would 
you know, on the turn, I would have kind of like a bar that's just a hangout with the green for people that just want to like come out there, hang out. If you just wanted to play nine, then hop back out there and play nine. You know, I would keep a Marshall kind of, you know, right there or somebody working right there where it'd be like, all right, they're on the green. You guys can now sneak out and kind of keep the flow so they can jump people back in there. I think that'd be kind of cool where you could just, it's just a little hut on the ocean that just has a green over there. So you could just hang out, play, play some putting games, do whatever you want out there, but it's just kind of a added bonus. I also think that I would have it walking only plus um, the, uh, the surfboard style golf carts and the motorcycle golf carts but no full-size golf carts except for you you're the golf course owner i could see the the, the big c mobile in, in a car but everyone else has to no walk. I, I would be it's down a, the oscar meyer wiener you're driving the oscar meyer wiener it's like an oscar meyer wiener golf cart around you blow a little whistle like scott from uh from uh santa claus yeah here comes big chris just blowing the weenie whistle as we're all walking along and you're blowing the weenie whistle. Hell yeah. I, still, I think I would just be able, I would love to have like a dope ass, like the little electric motorbike with your bag in the middle of it. Yeah. But I would have like a mini sidecar. It was great. I would have just like a little mini sidecar with like a little bar in it and like all my stuff that I normally bring with me when you're I haggard, ride. Man. I should, I should have seen this sooner. If you grow the beard, you're just, you're haggard. Yeah, Blinded, Harry. Have these, I built myself a golf course, Harry. Does it have this little, little? Yeah, it's coming out of the forest and everything. Like you know, oh, yeah. Hagrid's I, hut out there. Harry what Potter. I'm if, we, if we just build it on like Hogwarts Castle, knock out some trees of Forbidden Forest, be sick. That's where so, some, where some near the lake. Where he near, lives like, is a meadow. He lives in a meadow. Amazing. Yeah, Harry Potter. That's the answer. Yep, Harry Potter golf course. But that that would be kind of my style. I think that would be kind of, you know, just more inviting. There's not a lot of issues with a bunch of idiots. What I think with those boards and with the, with the motorcycles, it kind of limits people getting too shitty wasted. You don't have a bunch of storage to keep like an 18-pack or, you know, little ice chests or anything. You got one cup holder. You can put one drink in at a time. If you want to keep a couple spares in your bag, that's on you. But, like, it limits the idiots coming out there and getting just shit-faced. So, you know, I I like that. Uh, last thing. Diamond architectural feature of your course. So, the one thing that people... You know how there's always that one hole or that one feature that like stands out to us. Like when we always talk about sheep ranch, we talk about the volcano hole. Like that's the iconic hole in my opinion to sheep ranch. Like the lone tree, you know, at you know, at uh is it dunes? Am I am I tripping on this? It's the ghost tree at old Mac, Chris. Ghost ghost tree at old Mac, Jesus Christ. Well of course The Lone have, Tree at the Dunes? It's the one course I haven't. No, you haven't played Bay Trails yet. That's not even true. What's that? 
You haven't played Bannon Trails. That's not, that's not even true. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyways, you know. The Lone Tree those... at the Dunes. That's the name of your course. The Lone Tree yeah. at the Dunes. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chris. Anyway. As you can tell, Chris, Chris, Chris played golf, and he is his chest is very sunburned, and he's a tired boy. Jesus. Put on some sunscreen, because you're like a hot, you're turning into a hot dog. Right there. Oh, God. Anyway. No, no, you, you, you go first. I don't really have an answer, because I think it goes to the signature hole. Like, for me, I think it would be like the short par four, right? But but if you have a different answer, I'd be curious to know what it is. Mine would be a square green with two, basically like two square 30-foot by 30 foot greens on each side of a burit. So basically it's like it the whole green is You're like really going Sims on this. 90 that, that's feet. Yeah, it's like I 90 think Cork Crenshaw might tell you to fuck off. Like yeah, this is this is a lot. long rectangle with the burits in the middle about 30 feet on each side. Burit is about 30 feet long. That would be my signature signature feature. Okay, well, I'll let you go out on that. I, I have a couple things I mentioned, because when you told me, like, Dream Golf Course, <clears throat> I'm an idiot, and I wasn't thinking about, like, things that are, like, these, these specific about the actual golf course. I just have some things that I were running down that I think I would love to do. This is more kind of in the private course model, but, I mean, like, whatever. Um I would love a proper coffee bar that was just like free. So it's like when you arrive, you know, you want an espresso, you want a cortado, you want an Americano, you want a latte, like you walk in the door and there's like a good espresso machine and like a, a espresso bar. Cause we never have had that, but I do say like, I think it was the reserve we played when they were like, Oh, like they were like, uh, here you go. We have a credit card. And they're like, Oh, there's a hot coffee over there. I was like, Oh, cool. Thank you. Cause we're always like trying to run to Starbucks. Like, to know that you have like a good cup of coffee there is wonderful. Natural segue um, on the way to Sweetens. I'm sure y'all have heard probably Tron talk about Bucky's, the crazy ass like Walmart gas station kind of thing. One of the things Bucky's is known for is their bathrooms, super super clean bathrooms. Um, the other component too is they have a ton of stalls and they're like big enough and they work and they're clean. And so I think that just like uh, there's no worse feeling in my experience. This goes with the coffee bar of like you're 20 minutes out from your tea time and you go into the bathroom and there's like two stalls and there's like six dudes. So just like I'm not saying we have to build. We're not trying to like this is a, a proper club, and, you know, ideally in a beautiful place. We're not trying to build like gas station style restrooms, but it was incredible to go to Bucky's and it's like there's so many stalls and they're all clean. And if, if you're in a bit of a hurry and you, if you know what I mean by that you can go and like, there's enough room. And so enough bathrooms is big. That's infuriating when you're on the golf course or trying to start your round. Um, wooden tees. I fucking hate plastic tees, clean, clean, I, a million wooden tees everywhere. So people could play with wooden tees. I don't want plastic tees on my course. Um, I don't know about wooden, but like uh, proper uh, flag sticks, like wooden, I was thinking like wooden flag sticks. The other thing too is like, I don't know when we got away from this, I'd want the logo on it, but proper colors of flags, like red, white, blue. I don't know when we got away from that, but like, like not everybody has a pin sheet and like the number of times where I've like looked at a hole and I'm like, I had no clue that was on the back of the flag. Like 
or growing up, it was always like, okay, it's a blue flag. I need to work backwards, right? Like, I just think that is so basic, but like good solid flag sticks that have colors that denote where it is on the green. Very basic, but something I think every, I played Metro today. It's every hole is, every flag is yellow. Why? It just says the number of, like, it says the whole number. What are we doing? So explanation that I've gotten for that is because everybody plays with range finders now. So they expect that people are just going based off distances. So it's there. I think the same thing because it's like, okay, yeah, I know this is 168 yards, but if I don't know or I can't see that that flag is playing back and I hit it 168 yards, it's probably going to go off the back of the green. Where if I know it's a blue flag, I want to hit it 158 yards because yes. I want it to be able to roll just a little bit towards the pin. Or if it's yes. front, you know, you know what I mean. But that's yeah, I'm with you. Colored flags highly important in my opinion. Also, yeah. and again, they look great. Like same same logo, colored. but just easy. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that drove we've just played the reserve. It drove me crazy that their back tees were green. Their tee before that is black. The tee in front of the, the tee up is tan. It it literally in it's such a weird. Shouldn't small it, shouldn't thing. it be black, tan, green? If anything, even that or would make it, more sense. Black is always in the back. They're always back tee black, no matter what. Black is always back tees. I in any course that ever puts black not as the back tees, infuriating. And you know what? Yeah. It's supposed to be black, blue, white, red. Period. That's the standardized tee box colors. Yeah, I'm with you. And then yellow. We don't is need the, to get cute. You want to put a kid's tee? It's yellow. We, we we don't need to get cute. Yeah, some things no. are just meant to be. Yeah. Um, this is super obvious. I think we kind of touched this earlier. The right grass for the style, of course. It's top of mind because we played Spanish Bay. If that course was fescue, I still would hate it. But if it was fescue, it would play totally different. Um, how about here? Elite turn snacks. Uh, I, this is me outing myself. I played um, Lake Merced with our friend Dennis. Uh, unfucking believable Not going to talk about it here because we don't talk about private golf. Again, like it was a, it was a, it was once in a blue moon, um, but they have like they had these when you go in, they had these like giant canisters, but like with like good they had like a huge thing of like good gummy bears. They had a huge thing of like peanut M and M's. They had a huge thing of like uh, sour gummy worms and like whoppers and like it's candy, but it was kind of fun. I made this little like cup of candy at the turn, and it was like I don't know. It was, I was like it's like kind of goofy and it's not very expensive for them, but just like something that like is free that you're not having to pay a lot. But like, like Dennis was like, Oh, we're kind of known for this. I was like, it's like Lake Merced is one of the best golf courses I've ever played. And yet people are talking about the fucking like gummy worms. Like there feels like a real opportunity to just do something cool again, like make like good sandwiches and stuff. Like something like that, where it's like you walk out, I, I, I was just smiling, like eating some gummy worms. And I was, I thought that was fun. So would like that. Um, I people are gonna hate this. Um, I would do no no drinking on the course at all. Like do what you want after. Like we're here to play golf. Like don't fucking like when I have one beer, everything changes for me on the golf course. Don't fucking drink. 
drink after D- drink. You know, I love having a couple of lagers after my round, no alcohol in the course. So you have to, people wouldn't get drunk cause you wouldn't let them. That would also get the idiots out of the way. Like if you can't really have a beer for four hours, then goodbye. Like you don't need to be playing here anyway. Um, small thing, but I think a lot of menus at golf courses suck. I would love like, this is very me. I would love more vegetables on the golf course, like more vegetables, like afterwards, like a salad that's not Caesar, like just something that I could eat after. Like I would love, like you're going to absolutely make fun of me so much. Like if I could have like, it's like brown rice, like a chicken skewer and like roasted, like zucchini and squash, like something like that after a golf round, like I don't need another, like a, a burger, a club sandwich, a chicken salad. It's like, okay, but, like, how about something that's, like, a little bit, like, healthier or that, like, could, like, actually fill me up as opposed to, like, another burger and fries? And then the last thing, and I'll be quiet, um, build the course where there's three whole loops so that, like, the idea is, like, you know, there's just natural times where it's, like, if you just want to go play a couple more, you can, you're going to find your way back to not be, like, out in the middle of nowhere. So we try to route the course in such a way where you can kind of circle back so you can always like you're always kind of coming back to a natural turning point. So you can ideally play more golf. It's like I don't know the nine holes goes all the way out to the ocean. We can't get back because um, I'm like you. I do walking only. So it's like three hole loops that bring you back to a natural starting point. So that's just the ideas that I had. But I think you know if I could implement those things, I think it'd be a great golf course. You know what'd be cool for you is to have your clubhouse centrally located in the middle, and then have Three oh, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. Kind of like a flower just going around yeah. the clubhouse. That would be cool. You would never need a turn because you always yeah. end up back there, and you could have like a walk up window on yeah. each one. And the bottom is just like your restaurant and like snacks and all that stuff. And then you could yeah. just walk up to the window or you like just kebabs. walk into the room and they have all your stuff. I think it would be kebabs. We'd be known for, we have this big ass fire pit with like kebabs and pita and all this shit. Yeah. I would just serve Again, most every the, the, style the of rot is, and oh hot dog possible. So I would, I would do Nathan's, Miller, like I would, it wouldn't just like. I don't even know. I know Nathan's. I don't even know what Miller is. That's amazing. There's the the San Francisco hot dog company. Like I mean, I could go in on on hot dog brands, but like I would have them all. So when you came in, you ordered a hot dog, you'd be like, "Do you want a ballpark Frank? Do you want a San Francisco hot dog company? You know, and have them all." And so yeah. you you get to pick no, your love dog. The idea. But I'm with you. Yeah. Definitely, I love my dogs, but I also have been trying to eat a little bit healthier. And I know this isn't any much healthier, but I've been kind of getting into the Caesar wraps lately if I'm going yeah. to play golf. It's better. Better than it's a hot better. dog. Still full of tons of mayonnaise in the Caesar, Caesar dressing. But like... Mayonnaise? Is it or... Put... I think mayonnaise is in Caesar. Oh, I guess I'm maybe in the dressing. I was thinking... I was, I was like, wait, are you telling me you're doing a Caesar salad wrap? No. <laughs> No, but yeah, because then honestly, you eat the hot dog. Mayonnaise in it. Eat, eat, eat the hot dog. Eat the hot. It's, it's like people in the south who like make healthy meals and like use like actual lard. It's like yeah. you've missed the point. Missed you the just, point. you just jumped the boat. Because this was fun. I appreciate. I like the topic, yeah. and you know, if uh, unfortunately, I, I you know recently tried to 
win the lottery and did not win. But if we win the lottery, we'll have a, a follow-up chat, and that'd be really fun, right? We we could always go the route of Zach Blair and and just put out product. That, that, and... Nope, 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 nope. Not even doing that. Not not even having that discussion. Nope. That's oh, a great way man. to end this. That's the way <laughs> nope. to end this. All right, buddy. Well, have a good night, okay. sir. I will talk to you soon. Peace. Late.